This week on TSR, Cassian Andor gets his own show. All the Star Wars movies ranked. We read The Consuming Fire. And 200 episodes of Memories. All that and more on this episode of TSR. Listeners, welcome to TSR episode 200. Wow. 200. How did that happen? I I don't know. How many years are we coming up on here in January? Uh, seven? I mean, really, when you think about it, we should have a lot more than 200 episodes for seven years. Well, a lot of our episodes were special episodes. and They were other coverage of other such things, but this is the 200th numbered regular TSR. Yeah. So really, if we had a if we had one episode per week for seven years, we should have 364 episodes. So we're more like a bi-weekly schedule, I get. But we've done Mouse Droid for the past well, for the every last, once in a while. For the last year and change, Mouse Droid yes. has been our fourth show of the month. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I get busy every once in a while and can't do a podcast. Well, yeah. Speaking of busy, let's talk about why this has been the only TSR we've recorded this month. Because <laughs> uh, it's November and it's National Novel Writing Month. And everyone should know by now after almost seven years of doing this podcast that come November, we hardly do any shows because Nancy's too busy writing well there's another reason that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about yet on this show is there yeah are you going to talk about it now and make embarrass me i am oh okay you can talk about it you got into me. pitch wars yep i did however i'm not a writer so you have to explain what pitch wars is <laughs> it's american idol for writers <laughs> that's how someone told me to explain it okay let's explain it to our audience that isn't <sighs> your extended family uh so it's a not really a competition because you're not really competing against each other. It's a mentorship program. And you submit a manuscript to four possible mentors who are writers at higher levels of their career. So like agented authors and authors who've had books published and that sort of thing. So the whole idea is that they can help you get your manuscript into shape to hopefully get an agent is the the goal of pitch wars so um if they like your book they can request to read pages um they select one person to be their mentee over the next it was four months this year and then in february there is an agent round where every person and their manuscript gets a post on the pitch war site and agents can comment on it and ask to read more so basically it's like a shortcut to querying and then you so you can do that but then also once you're done you have a shiny new manuscript that you can send out queries the old-fashioned way excellent so 
So that's why we've only recorded one episode of Mousetroid and one TSR this month. Because I've been very, very, very busy with my homework. Because you think, oh, yay, Pitch Wars, it's great. But it's a lot of work. So mm-hmm. anyone out there who's considering doing it in the future, I will definitely recommend doing it because I've learned a lot. But just be prepared. It is a lot of work. You get a ton of homework thrown at you. And I edited my manuscript in like three weeks and am doing more passes of it now. It so, was a yeah. it was a crazy edit path. That first edit pass you did was crazy. Yep. And I didn't even have to do as much as a lot of other writers who I've become friends with in the program. They are rewriting their entire books, which I've done several times already, which is why I'm not doing it now. But still, it was a lot of work. So I'm sorry that I've been busy. <laughs> and don't make me talk about the Schwartz again. It's okay. It's embarrassing. No, you're doing great. But yeah, that's uh, that's why we've only recorded one show this month. We'll be more normal-ish next month with the caveat that it is the holidays. Yes. Uh, I think we're, we're planning on doing two TSRs, one mouse droid, and we'll take a week off. Yes, we have to do our yearly retrospective. We do need to do our yearly retrospective. <laughs> In addition to this 200th episode ret- retrospective that's happening. Uh, 200 episodes. We'll yes. come back to that later. Yes. Uh, some other stuff we've been up to. Both of us read John Scalzi's latest novel, The Consuming Fire. Yes, it was oh. amazing. I, that is one of those books that you just pick up and you tear through it. Yeah, so I read, I reread the first book. The Collapsing Empire um, back in September. And I, I mean, I loved it the first time around, but it, you know, reminded me of what happened. And then I read this book and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take my time. And because it came out like literally right after I found out about getting into Pitch Wars. And I'm like, you know, was busy with homework and everything. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I tore through it every <laughs> Every moment, spare moment I had to read, I read it. I think you read like half of it in one night. I did, yes. I went to bed and you were like, what, 60% of the way through? Uh, somewhere around there, And yeah. then I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, where? what point did you get to? And you were like, oh, I finished. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yep, that sounds about right. But um, yeah, I... Definitely go read it. Um, the Interdependency series is so great. It's such an interesting space opera. And uh, there's a lot of uh, Brexit metaphors in this book. There are an awful lot of Brexit metaphors in this book. Yeah. And a lot of like, what the hell is happening moments. I don't even know how to describe some of the tropes that were used in there, but they're tropes I love. Yeah. I mean, like the whole like future history thing. Where they're learning, like... Oh, future civilizations look back on past lost history. I love that shit. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, oh my god, they're doing this thing that I love. So, And it was just a very satisfying book. Like, It had one of my favorite comeuppances in any book, movie, television I have ever read. Right, and I was nervous because it's the second book in a trilogy. Well... Scalzi hasn't said definitively it's a trilogy. I there, wonder if it's going to there, four. There's definitely one more book. But, you know, the whole, the usual, uh, usually the second book in a series is a little darker. And there's always like, 
the moment at the end where you're like, oh, no, things are terrible. And I was like really worried about what was going to happen. But it was just so satisfying. And it was really what I needed to read this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you, John Scalzi. For uh, that. It's definitely the best space opera I've read this year. Yeah. It's I, so it's, good. It's really, really good. Um, go go read the interdependency books. Yes. Um, I've also been watching Christmas movies because it is now officially Christmas season. Um, the halls are decked. The trees are up. I've been making you watch awful Christmas movies on Netflix including A Christmas Prince, which was last or two years ago. Uh, and then um, there's a sequel coming out this year that I have that hasn't come out yet. But um, I also watched The Princess Switch, <laughs> which was really terrible. <laughs> but they're all so bad and just they're great to have on in the background. I know. I'm sorry. Blame Netflix. Listen, there, there are worse things out there listen i have been watching a lot of other actually good movies because i've been putting like trying to find space opera movies to watch while i'm editing and they have to be movies that i've seen before so i'm not distracted so like one night i was trying to power through a lot of uh edit a lot of pages so i put on wonder woman and then i put on ragnarok i mean all very very solid things to listen to and watch yeah. while writing Right, good I, stuff. I did other. Two, I did Star Trek, two thousand nine. That's a really good movie. <sighs> it really good movie with a really great soundtrack. Yes, I've been listening to a lot of soundtracks too. So, yes, you've been playing video games. I have been playing video games. Um, I mean, I've been playing a lot of the latest FIFA release. Well, yes, but you always do that. <laughs> I do, especially with the uh, the journey mode it has. Um, and for the first time since nineteen ninety eight, I'm playing Pokemon. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's been a while <laughs> you also bought some didn't you buy some other games on steam yeah um i got uh what did i get i got uh deus ex revel or uh, deus ex mankind divided and there was something else i got for like two bucks but i'm forgetting now oh but uh, the reason I got those is I got a new laptop. You did get a new laptop. I am running now on a Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Extreme. Uh, it's a bit of a bit of a beast of a laptop. Uh, it does a little bit of gaming well. Uh, it's going to let uh, me hopefully do some uh, video work here, which will be nice. I'm not participating <laughs> in the video. I will. I will do voiceover for I'm, the videos. I mean, voiceover is great, but I will not participate in the videos oh what uh yeah but that that's what Listen, i said currently i am in my pajamas with no makeup and i can't do this if we do video <laughs> folks this is why we're podcasters <laughs> yes <laughs> we have face for faces for podcasting <laughs> uh, oh boy oh brian yes some of our patrons gave us a BuzzFeed quiz to do. Okay. I think it was Bria who posted this. I okay. Didn't, I didn't write it down. And I should. we should mention, uh, the show's brought to you in part by uh, you, our Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash Tashi Station. $1 level gets you into the Patreon-exclusive Slack team, where you can make us take BuzzFeed quizzes. Yes. It's good times. Yes. Okay. So this quiz is, tell us your Star Wars fanfic preferences, and we'll reveal which sequel character you're most like. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. 
Pick a drama or genre. Angst, romance, jo- give me drama, action, adventure, smut. I'll keep it a surprise. I think what I prefer to read and write fits in the adventure genre adventure a little more or than anything action. else. No, I think adventure. Really? Yeah. Starfighter stuff isn't action? I mean, it is action-y, but it's mm. not just wall-to-wall action that I like to read and write. I don't know what I would put, Brian. <laughs> you sure it's not smut? I mean, yes, but it's not the only thing I prefer. Can I keep it a surprise? Sure. I really don't care. It's really just the characters that uh, I care about more than the genre. Well, then you probably want drama, which kind of encompasses a lot of that. Mm. Well, I put... Oh, okay. I can change it. All right. Drama then. Mm-hmm. Which alternate universe is this set in? Oh, lovely. Modern fantasy, an AU of another story, high concept, historic same universe, different scenario. There's no AU. Canon is the best. I feel like same universe, different scenario fits me best. I was I thought you would say canon, but well, same universe, different scenario. Okay. Yeah, because um, I I want to have some room to. I do that. Legends too. weld. Yeah, like I guess I do AUs, but I not of another story so Mm -hmm. i think i would do the same yeah so same universe different scenario okay who's your main ship uh finn poe well let's read all the options okay no romance please the the word i have muted on twitter (laughs) (laughs) uh finn ray finn poe uh, isn't that Storm Pilot? Yeah, Why? That's, that, that's Storm Pilot, yeah. people. That's Storm Pilot. Kylux, Crack Ships, or Finn Rose? It's either Finn Poe or Kylux. Mine's Finn Poe. I love Storm Pilot, but I also, but I like... also love the disaster that is Kylux. <sighs> Brian, what are you? I also like Crack Ships, but like... I don't have a whole lot of crack ships for the sequel yeah, trilogy yet. There isn't. But I also like a lot of like that's the problem, is I don't really have any like weird ships that no one else has. No rare pairs for you. Well, no, because there isn't really any options yet. Because <laughs> we don't have a lot of like books in we, this era. We need more books in this era so we can have our crack ships. Like, if anything, I would probably ship like Cardinal and Vi, but like there's one book of them and like they're fighting the whole time. So, like, you can't really have that. Or like Jof and Greer. But again, there's like one book. So, I'm going to go with Storm Pilot. I'm going to go with Storm Pilot, too. How long is your fic? Oh, boy. One shot. There are short chapters, but it's a long fic. I don't care. The length of War and Peace. There are long chapters, but it's a short fic. A series of one shots as long as it needs to be. I'm somewhere in between the length of War and Peace and as long as it needs to be. (laughs) Now, is this telling us what we like to read or what we like to write? I don't know, but uh, the answer is kind of the same for me. Um, I haven't really read long fic in a long time. I, I started writing a long one, but I never finished it. So I'm going to say one shot for me. I'm going to go as long as it needs to be because I do have the idea for a long fic. Okay. That I... 
Well, maybe I'll do a series too. of one shots because the one those are good. I did two Delphics. <laughs> so, okay, uh, pick a random setting: a plane, college, New York City, carnival, a sci-fi city, a manor, or medieval England. I can't. I I've never written AU. I don't read a lot of AU, so I'm just going with a sci-fi city. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, pick a plot twist. Oh boy. Tragic downfall, cheating, hidden secret revealed, betrayal, true identity revealed, character death, horrific past revealed. Huh. Hmm. Uh. I feel like it's either tragic downfall or hidden secret revealed for me. I'm going to do true identity revealed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> Actually, nope, nope. Horrific past revealed. Oh, okay. Um, pick I, a... Uh, no. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Come on, Brian. Hidden secret. Okay. Pick a theme. Coming of age. Protagonist is their worst enemy. Goliath, David and Goliath. Rejection. War. Ambition. Heroism. I've written coming of age. I like coming of age. I love reading coming of age. That's totally my answer. Protagonists is their own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pick okay. A, pick a random title. Frankincense and myrrh. Magna cum laude. Released. Summer collapsed into fall. All in your head. Golden moments. Not where you left me. Hmm. Are these actual fanfic names? I mean, probably. Uh, I'll say all in your head. Oh, damn it. Um, oh my god, this is a long quiz. This is. Uh, not where we you left me. We need to go faster. This is not a where long you quiz. Left me. This is a really long quiz, Brian. Not where okay. you left me. Pick a place for your characters to meet. A bar, a park, a restaurant, an art gallery, a museum, a library, a gym. A bar. Uh, I'm going to say a... I write pilots, so bar. Yeah, I'll say a bar. Uh, pick quality. Stubborn, ambitious, reckless, guarded, purposeful, damaged, dependent. If you do not say damaged, you're wrong. I know. That's who I write. Damaged. Stubborn. Uh, will your fic have a sequel if people want it? I've planned the box set. Yes, there's definitely more to be told. No, my story is enough. Perhaps a spinoff. No, but I'll write other fics. No, this should be special. Okay, I had a box set planned. That got derailed when Disney bought <laughs> Lucasfilm and I got sidetracked with other things, but I'm a box setter. Uh, no, but I'll write other fics. Um... Finally, pick a something to drink while you write. Green tea, water, black coffee, lemonade, flat white, hot cocoa, wine. None. <laughs> I mean, I'll pick water because that's what I always drink. Yeah, water, I guess. Oh. <laughs> what did you get? I got Ray. Oh, that's light. nice. Light, darkness, a balance. I got Captain Phasma. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be so stupid as to think this will be easy. I mean, okay, sure. Uh, that that was actually a fun one. Yes. I enjoyed that. Thank you, listeners and our Patreon yes. uh, subscribers for uh, ha sending that one to us. Yes. 
Good times. All right. Jump into the news. Yes. All right. Uh, Harry Potter movies ranked. Yeah. So we've we have two ranking lists that we're going to talk about on today's podcast. Uh, Collider ranked all the Harry Potter movies uh, for the release of the crimes of Grindelwald, which we have not seen, nor we are we going to see. So uh, but um, this list is crap. <laughs> this list is 100 percent crap. Like I saw the second and the number. Se- so they just ranked the original Harry Potter movies, the eight Harry, the mm-hmm. Harry movies. And I got to number seven and I was like, yep, nope. Eh. So their list is number eight, Chamber of Secrets. Number seven, Deathly Hallows Part One. Number number six, Goblet of Fire. Number five, Sorcerer's Stone. Number four, Order of the Phoenix. Number three, Half-Blood Prince. Number two, Deathly Hallows Part Two. And number one, Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, any list that doesn't have Half-Blood Prince at the bottom is inherently flawed. Oh my god, Half-Blood Prince is such a bad and boring movie. It's so boring. Like, I almost fell asleep in it. So, how would you rank them, Brian? Um, hmm. Okay, well, I know mine. You're gonna, I haven't put enough thought into this, so you're gonna have to tell me yours. Okay, so number one is Deathly Hallows Part One. I love that movie. Number two, because I like all the setup, okay? I like all the character stuff. I love the scene at the ministry, I think it's fantastic. One mustn't. Yeah. like that whole sequence is just great like i like the camping damn it i mean it's fine and it doesn't take as much in the movie itself um order of the phoenix is my second favorite good choice um i think probably my third would be uh azkaban yeah i'd go with that uh then i would have uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. Then I would have um, Goblet of Fire because I like Cedric Diggory. Then I would have that was the one with the bad hair, right? The very bad hair. Then I would have uh, Chamber of Secrets because I find it I find it boring. Not boring. It's it's like it's a little twee for me. It's twee, and I didn't. I had a problem with the books that just yeah. But I like put Hermione in a bus for a third of it. Oh yeah, but I like the stuff with Tom Riddle. Yeah, that was good. So number seven, I would say, is Half Blood Prince, and number eight, I would say, is Deathly Hallows Part. All two. right, I want you to tell the world why you hate <laughs> Deathly Hallows Part Two. So, in general, I do not have a problem with books or with movie adaptations that change the books. I understand that they're different mediums and they need to have different narrative flow. Right. Like the whole the scene how Sna- changing where Snape died. I don't care about that. Like but there is the whole battle sequence at the end just bothers me because it's not how it was written like the theme of it is completely different. They changed the underlying theme. Yes. Like changing little things that happen in order of events, fine. But changing the underlying theme is where you go sideways. in the book, Harry and Voldemort end up in the Great Hall with everyone there. They're not alone. Everyone is watching them. All the Horcruxes have been destroyed. It's now just Harry versus Voldemort. He gives him a chance 
to repent. He calls him Tom and he gives him one more chance. And Voldemort, of course, is like, no way, I'm going to kill you. He casts Avada Kedavra. Harry casts Expelliarmus. The spell backfires on Voldemort and he dies in front of everyone. They, his body is just there, dead. He's mortal, like he doesn't everyone get else. Thanos. No, and then everyone just ignores his body to congratulate Harry. Like, he's nothing. And then, when that's over, Harry has the Elder Wand, and he uses that to mend his wand, and then he buries the Elder Wand with Dumbledore. Now, I don't necessarily have a problem with the fact that in the movie, Harry breaks the Elder Wand and throws it away um, so no one else can get it, you know? And also, he's sort of, like, denying, like, oh, I don't, this is, I, this is not my wand. Like, I don't want it. That is fine. But he doesn't mend his wand first. You can't, he, he can't have that whole moment of heroism and saying, no, I don't want this temptation if he doesn't mend the wand that chose him. Like, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. of, like, we had eight movies where we hear the wand chooses the wizard and then he just, doesn't mend his wand. I don't even mind him breaking the elder wand at the end, just as long as he'd re repaired his yeah, wand first. exactly, but he doesn't. And then the whole thing in the movie is like him and Voldemort like flying around the, the school and then they cast spells at each other at the end and you can't even tell what they are. And then like all of a sudden like their spells are like shooting sparks at each other and then like Harry's takes over and Voldemort just like dissolves into nothing and I'm like no the whole point is that he's mortal and he has a mortal death just like everyone else come on people mm -hmm. <sighs> so yes I was not a fan of Deathly Hollows part two <laughs> I am torn whether to rank Half-Blood Prince before death um, under Deathly Hollows Part 2 or not, but yeah, I agree with your list. So what is your problems with Half-Blood Prince? It's all about Snape. That's why I hated the book. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't mind the book. Like I, thought, I didn't like the book. Oh, see, I, see, I liked the book, and I think that's why I disliked the movie so much, is because it, would, it just was boring to me. Like, there was... Like, I love Slughorn, mm -hmm. and, like, the scene where Harry gets drunk on Felix Felicis is hysterical, and it's just boring in the movie. Like, there's no energy. And, like, the whole- And I, visually, I hate the movie because oh, it's got this just yes. horrid, ugly sepia filter on what everything. What is that? It was, what, like, 2007, 2008, and everything was being it done was, in sepia? It was terrible. Like, it, it, it was the scourge of the video games industry. Ugh. All of the games that had just- put brown on the color palette for everything and removed any vibrant colors and that just bled its way into film that year and it's just a it's just an awful film to look I at i think that's why i just find it boring like it's just dull like it is the, it's I mean, visually dull it's narratively it's dull it's narratively dull like e like the scene at the end with dumbledore and harry is like one of my favorites from the whole series and like it's terrifying. Like I'm read that I read those chapters, and I'm like, 
my shoulders were up to my ears because I was so tense at like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh my God, these dead bodies are coming for Harry. Oh my God, what what is happening? And in the movie, it's just like, eh. <laughs> yeah. That, that's really the best way to describe that movie. Yeah. Eh. So yeah. It's there. I did not agree with this at all, Collider. It was a bad list and you should feel bad about yourself. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, we have a confirmation of a Loki TV show yeah. coming to the Disney Plus streaming service. Yes. And a uh, week or two ago, we got some more information about uh, Disney Plus, uh, which is going to be similarly priced to uh, ESPN Plus, which is about the uh, 5 $6 range. That is good to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been rumors about several other Marvel TV shows, but uh, none of heard... them have been confirmed. Yeah, we've heard confirmed. rumors of... Uh, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Uh, and Falcon Bucky and Bucky. And Falcon, yeah. Yeah. So I would watch all of those. Yes. But um, yes, the Loki one has was confirmed at the, uh, I can't remember, was it was it the earnings call? Or... Uh, yeah, the earnings call. Okay. In which I went onto Twitter as soon as I found out it was earning call day and I was like, okay, hold on to your butts, people. <laughs> sometimes they don't reveal anything and then sometimes it's like, here's I all mean, the news you can. The last four or five years, Bobby Iger has dropped a ton in earnings calls. Yeah. Uh, That was when Rogue One was announced. Yeah, we found that out in an earnings call, which was strange. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I am down for that. Uh, The Lion King, uh, quote unquote, live action film, got a teaser trailer. And I see a lot of people. It it was a very pretty trailer. Uh I see a lot of people down on this movie, but I'll tell you why I'm excited. Mm -hmm. The cast. Yeah. It's a great cast. We found out Chiwetel Ejiofor is playing uh, Scar. Oh, that is divine casting. And they're bringing back James Earl Jones as Mufasa, as you should. Yes. Uh, Beyonce Knowles, I believe, is in it. Yeah, I think she's playing Nala. Uh Uh-huh. Donald Glover is playing Simba. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the other people. I I mean, we've talked about this on other episodes, like that I just don't see the point in all of these remakes, um, especially a movie like The Lion King, which I think is perfect as is, um, except the play makes it better. If they were to adapt the play. Yes. That would be better. Right. Like that. And, and they might be doing that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people really liked the Jungle Book, which Favreau did. I did not see the Jungle Book, so I can't, I can't speak to that. But if this ends up being more of an adaptation of the musical than the movie, I see, I see the point mm-hmm. in doing it. Yeah. But like the whole like basically shot Let's for re- shot remakes, but with people, it's like with why? winks and nods to the meta commentary over the years on it. Right. Like, uh, did, did you ever watch uh, Lindsay Ellis's video on um, Beauty and the Beast? Beauty and the Beast. No, but I've heard if, about if it. If you haven't, you, you need to watch it. It is a brilliant takedown mm-hmm. of that film and why it doesn't need to exist. See, like, we were talking about fanfic earlier. Like, I, f- I feel like if they're going to remake these movies, like, put a fanfic spin on it. Mm-hmm. Like, put it in, like alternate universe or put it in space or put it in like the ancient past or something or tell it from another character's perspective uh there was one one of them that did it uh maleficent oh yeah 
Well, yeah, I'm, well, maybe not executed to the best degree, but the right idea. Right. Well, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at Maleficent and say that's live action Sleeping Beauty. Like, yeah. It's, it's a completely different story. But if you want to do a live action animated property, that's an interesting way to do it. Is retell it from another character's right. perspective. And I heard them saying like that they were going to do. Uh, I've heard rumors like of an evil queen movie. Oh, and I'd watch that. I, yeah, I would watch that completely. I wouldn't want a live action Snow White, but a movie about the evil queen yes um other movies like like the the alice in wonderland movies that have been recent like the, they those aren't necessarily okay we're doing the disney movies but live action yeah that's like, not a retelling of an animated version it's just a uh, new version it's a of new the version story. a new interpretation of the story um a lot of these live action films have just been let's essentially copy and paste the script right and put a live action skin over it yeah and i just i mean it looks very pretty the music is gonna be good because it's that music but you know yeah <laughs> uh here here's pokemon for you to talk about Brian. so out of corn in the corner of what the hell i think i'm into it <laughs> uh is detective pikachu which... now is this a story like is this an original story or is this a story that's from like it's, actual Pokemon lore? I no, I mean, <laughs> and the lore there is don't try to wrap your head around it. Uh, it's an ad adaptation of an offshoot game, I believe. But uh, essentially, it's a live action Pokemon with uh, Ryan Reynolds playing Pikachu. I didn't know I needed that in my life. <laughs> Apparently, I do. Yep. I, I apparently the the main character in the movie is the only one who can see, who can hear him, mm -hmm. and everyone else just hears the whole pika pika. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, this was written by uh, the Captain Marvel screenwriter. Ah, yes. I'm totally blanking on the name. Nicole, uh, Nicole Perlman. Perlman. Uh, which, okay, that's another point in its favor. <laughs> sure. <laughs> apparently, Ryan Johnson saw a cut of it and really liked it. Oh, okay. So I guess we're all seeing Pokemon next year. I I guess. Uh, it's a, uh, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Uh, and in some sad news, uh, Stan Lee passed away recently. Um, and yeah, he, Stan Lee was a very complicated man. Mm -hmm. Uh, brilliant and problematic all in the same, all in the same conversation. Yeah. But there is no getting around the fact that storytelling Modern storytelling was greatly influenced by what Stanley, Jack Kirby, uh, and uh, the other contributors to Marvel accomplished uh, over the years. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a sad day. Um, that was a sad day, but uh, life well lived. Yeah, I definitely we would have a much different entertainment landscape without Stanley. Yeah. Uh, Excelsior. Excelsior. All right. Some Star Wars news. Yes. Uh, Cassian Andor is getting his own TV show. That was also announced on the earnings call. Uh, to the delight of Star Wars fans everywhere, except for the butt munches who don't like fun. <laughs> you know who you are. You're not listening to this show. No. Uh, yeah, that was this was cool news. Uh, it's going to be set 
uh, like during the early days of the rebellion and show him spying and doing all sorts of terrible things now, and then for the rebellion. This is where you get your gritty and dark and where it's appropriate. Yes. And I am here for it. Cassian is the dude who shot an informant because he couldn't get out of there in time and would endanger their mission. I, I'm so happy Diego Luna is coming back to do more Cassian. Yes. It'll be, probably be a little while because he needs to finish his work on Narcos. But I really hope we get confirmation soon that Alan Tudyk is back. I as mean, K2. they kind of have to. I know there was a comic in which K2 and Cassian met. But I feel like that should happen in this show. <laughs> well, I already pitched to you my proposal for that episode. And I don't like it. You don't? No. You don't like an episode uh, that's Firefly style, the out of gas episode. No. Uh, disaster that uh, Kate, that uh, Cassian's trying to survive with flashbacks to how he uh, joined the rebellion and how he met K2 and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I want it. No. That'd be great. Sure. Why? No. Why not? <laughs> but yes, Cassian Andor getting yeah. his own TV show. Great yeah. news. That'll also be coming to the Disney Plus streaming service. Yes. And Disney Plus will soon be your one-stop shop for everything you could possibly want. Right. Um, we also got a ton of Galaxy's Edge news. Oh, we should hit some highlights here. Yeah. Uh, we talked we talked about this in great detail on the last mouse droid. Uh, so if you want more of that discussion, go listen to that. Yes. Um, but uh, first big piece of news. John Williams is scoring the freaking area music. I can't wait. Uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, had an exclusive and the uh, video is now on YouTube on one of Disney's channels where you can hear um, the Batooth or the uh, Black Spire theme. Yeah. And holy cow. It's really good. It is this... I, I saw some people bemoaning that it didn't really feel like Star Wars, but I'm going to push back against that. This is a fusion of Star Wars' DNA and Disney Parks' DNA into something that shouldn't work but does, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to go listen to it I, again I can't after wait this. to just listen to it on loop while I write. I... I'm gonna Whether go, at home or actually in the park. Right? It's going to be such great writing music. Uh, second thing, uh, we got a little, we got another preview for the uh, Millennium Falcon ride, officially titled uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Yes. And it looks to be using some similar ride design ideas from uh, Mission Space over at Epcot, in which there'll be quick time events where you'll be able to toggle buttons and switches to make things happen on the ride. Yes. I am very much in favor of that, and I can't wait, because you're going to get to walk past the freaking Dejaric table yes. to get there. Holy cow, you're going to walk through the Falcon. Yes. Ah, I can't wait to move in. Finally, or no, uh, two more things. Uh, we got some new renderings of the hotel, uh, and they are going all in on the immersive experience. Like, uh, you, drop, you get dropped off at the front gate, you walk through a set of doors, and you are in a transport where it's kind of a ride queue thing where you are quote taken to the station on this transport and then you emerge on the other side inside of the hotel that's gonna be cool i yeah i don't know if i'll ever be there but i'm definitely gonna try it's one of those things i want to try just once just to see what it's like and uh finally we got a first look at the 
other attraction that Disney has been extremely hush-hush about. Mm -hmm. And this ride, or I don't even know if it's a ride. Yeah, they're being very sketchy about it. It is called Rise of the Resistance. And there was a video uh, that was shot actually in the ride with droids and and uh, First Order officers and stormtroopers walking through the corridors and halls of what looked to be a Star Destroyer and or some kind of station. And it's apparently the actual, like... It's the actual attraction yeah. it's filmed in. Yes. It's not like a set. It's the actual attraction. Now, about two years ago, there was a massive casting call that went out for Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And... Based on this video, I'm wondering if that casting call was for people to actually be actors in this attraction. Yeah. I, I can't wait to find out more about this. I mean, everyone's excited for Falcon Smuggler's Run, as they should be. That ride looks amazing. Right. I think they're putting their money on this attraction. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see what it actually is. <laughs> um. And I, I, I might try to, like, not hear anything about it, but I doubt that's going to be well, able to with, happen. <laughs> with with uh, Galaxy's Edge opening up in Disneyland before or- Orlando, right. we're going we're gonna to wind up getting spoiled. That's fine. Right. But uh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So excited. Okay. We got another list. We do. Ranking the Star Wars movies. Ranking the Star Wars movies. Who had this? New York Magazine. Uh, okay. I didn't even read it. <laughs> I just got, I just looked at the rankings and I was like, eh, nope, <laughs> wrong. So their ranking is number 10, The Phantom Menace. Number nine, Attack of the Clones. Number eight, Rogue One. Number nine, number seven, Return of the Jedi. Number eight, Solo. Number five, The Force Awakens. Number four, Revenge of the Sith. Number three, The Last Jedi. Number two, A New Hope. Number one, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Those are certainly choices. Can we do some? Can we do a disclaimer at the beginning of this? Mm-hmm. We're going to say disparaging things about Star Wars movies that. We gener- generally like. <laughs> However, most of both you and I can find things about all of these movies that we don't like. Even the ones that we love, we can find things we don't like about them. Mm-hmm. Also, everyone's Star Wars movie is someone's favorite. So if you don't want to hear people disparaging your fave, fast forward. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. like people talking shit, this is a segment for you. <laughs> so okay. let's go. All let's right. Go. So episode, them saying uh, episode one, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's in the bottom half for me. Yeah. I wouldn't put it at 10. This though. is just such a typical, it's such a lazy choice. <laughs> That's, Trade routes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such what? a lazy choice. Like, The Phantom Menace is not my favorite movie. I think The Phantom Menace gets way more crap than it deserves. Like, it's kind of boring at parts, but I feel like the concept and the story are good. 
I think the execution is where it fails. I think if it had a different director, it would have been a much better movie. Also, the acting is is generally good. We got Liam Neeson. We got Ewan McGregor. We got Ian McDermott back. Like Um, I, I would rank. I would definitely rank uh, episode one ahead of what they have as nine on the list. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. So is Attack of the Clones your least favorite? It's that or Solo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I can choose because like Solo. Solo, <laughs> I will say that Solo at least gave me moments that I loved a lot more than the moments I got in Attack of the Clones. Just individual mm-hmm. moments. See, So I it might just edge out Attack of the Clones just by the tiniest of hairs. And I'll say the opposite. I think I think my experience of watching Attack of the Clones for the first time just puts it over it because it was the best movie going experience I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are parts of that movie that I love, like the whole end of the movie. Like it was just, yeah, I, what might, what put solo just ahead, just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like solo was better acted all around. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That, but I, but solo to me, like it had everything going for it. And it just did not work for me at all. And the things that it did wrong, I can't overlook those things. Solo, yes, Solo may have been the worst utilization of a concept. Yeah, and I just think it's, I, like, I, how we talked before about Half-Blood Prince boring me, Solo just bores me. <laughs> like, there are parts that I like, like the whole, like, Kessel Run part I thought was great and like the whole like breaking out of kessel was great but then it's marred by l3 and i can't enjoy it yeah i, I just can't yeah no i and, like that stuff with emphasis nest under you amazing. amazing underutilized yes uh but really these two are coin flip for me ask me on one day i'll give you a different a- yeah. i'll give you on a, a different answer so i think solo would be the the at the bottom of my list so far it's kind of of the clones Solo and Attack of the Clones are like 9A and 9B for yeah. me. Then I think I would put uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's where I'd slot Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, Although, can we talk about Vulture putting Rogue One at 8? Yeah, we can talk about that because that's bullshit. Uh, oh, <laughs> what, what was the quote here? I don't know. I didn't actually read the article. I just saw the ranking and got angry at them. God. Uh, what was it? I mean, they, they took a shot at the multi the multiracial cast. Which oh, is like, yeah. Really? Like the millennial, like millennial. Just do a control F for millennial. <laughs> uh, I, I, they may have changed the wording because I can't find oh. it here anymore. I did see it there, though. But uh, uh. they... They they took a they took a shot at the cast yeah and the cast was the best part of the film yeah just or I mean Rogue One is much higher for me than in the bottom third mm-hmm. uh okay uh go ahead continue um so number seven I actually don't know if I so I don't know what I would put as seven and what I was put as six. Okay, what are you two you're debating there? Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. Or The Last Jedi. <laughs> so, 
Sorry, Last Jedi lovers. I have a complicated relationship with that movie. I would put Revenge of the Sith 7th, Last Jedi 6th. Yeah. And it's... And Episode 9 will cement that or cause me to flip it. Right. I think... So, my issue... My thing is... There are parts of The Last Jedi that are my favorite things of Star Wars ever. Uh, And then there are parts of it that hurt my heart and make me want to throw my head in the sand and cry. (laughs) Yeah. um, Um, And also, I haven't watched the movie since it came out on video. So so. here's what I often say about The Last Jedi. In isolation, a good film. Mm -hmm. A... as a sequel to episode seven, not great. See, I think my problem is, is I don't, I've, I've realized since I, I mean, I saw the movie a bunch of times in the theater. I saw the movie because of crate. Like yeah. that's why, but in isolation, I don't enjoy watching that movie. It, it and needed, I, and I enjoy watching revenge of the Yeah. Seven. And it needed for me, the last Jedi would have worked better had it had more space from the force awakens. Then I could have yes. bought a lot of character things that it yeah. did. Right. But the having it just be set just on the heels mm-hmm. of T of uh, the Force Awakens, like I don't understand why these characters are doing certain things when I saw them like an hour and a half ago. Right, and I mean there are parts of the movie that I like, and there are parts of the movie that I love. But overall, like I don't think like I'm like oh I'm I'm I need a happy fun movie. I'm gonna watch The Last Jedi. I'm yeah. like no, I get. Like even like people, I've heard people say they don't like Rogue One because it's too depressing. I don't find Rogue One depressing until the end. Mm-hmm. Like, but I find Rogue One a a hopeful story, even though everyone dies. Yeah, I don't have a lot of hope after the end of yeah. the Last Jedi. I know there's that shot at the end there with Broom Boy that's meant to be inspire and instill hope in the future. It just doesn't work to the extent that Rogue right. One's did. And for I me. think my problem is like. Like, Luke does what he does to save everyone, and, like, it's the Millennium Falcon, and that's it. Like, I feel like I feel like episode nine is going to have a lot for me to say, okay, well, what, what Luke, Luke's sacrifice was worth it. Yeah. Because right now it's like, well, what do they have? And we're supposed to have, like, Leia, Leia's line is supposed to be super hopeful. We have everything we need, and it's like, but you've got... The people in the Millennium Falcon. The entire resistance there and the totality of the Jedi knowledge is on board that ship. That seems scary. Yes. So, again, it's a very complicated movie for me. Maybe one day we'll actually do a commentary of it. And so I can, you can hear me having a problem. Well, you did <laughs> you an can in- hear my problem. You did an interesting <laughs> panel at Dragon Con where you and the other panels had a pretty frank discussion about some issues you oh, all the had. Luke Skywalker yeah. One? With uh, with the last Jedi, yeah, and I I think there are discussions to be had. We just can't have them because of toxic bullshittery. Yeah, and that's the problem. Is like I want to have genuine conversations about this movie and my problems with it, but I don't want to be lumped in with the haters, you know. And I hate that I can't like voice an opinion about the last Jedi. I'm worried like of being a hater. Yeah. Like, there are some things that movie did I really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some things I don't like. Like, I have big problems with the f- with the Finn subplot, which yeah. is essentially rehashing his arc from the first films. Like, I 
this doesn't feel nice to, right to treat this character of color like this when they already went through this arc we're just having him do the same thing again yeah it's very much like a yeah it, it's it's a thing that could have been fixed if there had been more time like yeah. in between them and like, i mean it's it's a fine film but right. you can tell it was being written at the same time that yeah the and TFA I like, was being written and like the subplot itself i don't mind like i think finn and rose together are great i just think it's it kind doesn't of, the characterization itself is redundant I, I mean in isolation again subplot fine yeah but on the heels of tfa it's like something's not working here yes okay next one rogue one that's number five yes i think that's fair Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm down with that placement. Yeah, I just, I, I, I enjoy watching Rogue One. I think it's a great uh, addition, and I love the original trilogy era. I love how it kind of updates it. Yeah. Uh, a New Hope. Uh, a New Hope is good. Really, four and three, I can, I can interchange. Yeah. A New Hope and Empire. Yeah, yeah. It depends on my mood. Empire has Luke being a Jedi. So, uh, I'm and the lightsaber fight is just kind of like yeah i'm pretty firm on um a new hope being four and empire being three yeah for me yeah um number two for me is the force awakens mm-hmm. and number one is return of the jedi swap those two for me i'm really surprised that return of the jedi has been usurped yeah i'm i mean i've talked about this elsewhere why i just love the force awakens because mm-hmm. it is it's very much taking what was so brilliant about A New Hope and uh-huh. letting other people experience that for themselves. Yeah. So it's it's not even entirely a Star Wars thing. It's a meta socio political narrative thing that makes it my favorite film. Yeah. I uh I don't know if it'll ch- if seeing Episode Nine will change my opinion of The Force Awakens. Um, The Last Jedi. Didn't change my opinion of the Force Awakens, but it it increased my disappointment with the sequel trilogy era because I was so hyped for it after the Force Awakens. I loved that movie, and then I'm like, oh, okay, this is what's happening now. Sure, mm-hmm. no problem. That sounds great. <laughs> I, I'm just always going to come back to. I really wish there had been more space between those yes. two films. Yes. Like even if even if the film was mostly uh. still written as written, it just it resolves so it resolves some a lot of issues I have with it. Yeah, and to be fair, like I most of, my problems with that movie aren't even necessarily what happens with Luke. Like Luke's mm-hmm. characterization, I'm fine with. Yeah, it's the way he and Ray interact that really bothers me, and why I really wish she had been his daughter because I wanted that sort of relationship really badly but whatever i don't get what i want Alas. <laughs> okay another star wars movie that i love that i need to add in here i don't know where i would add it though i think i put it above rogue one battlefront 2 <laughs> ek johnson's favorite star wars movie is battlefront 2 <laughs> uh, i love you i love you and no everyone we did not include the clone wars Suck it. <laughs> can I can I make can I make a confession? What's that? I've never seen the Clone Wars movie. Can I make one? You've also have I've not? never seen it as well. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You guys Sorry. can unsubscribe now. All right. Are we done disparaging a Star Wars? We are. Can we talk let's say one nice thing about Star Wars so that everyone knows we actually like it. 
Well, we're still doing a podcast about it 200 <laughs> episodes in. Yes, that's true. So let's talk about that. This is our 200th episode. We uh, don't have a discussion topic except that it's our 200th episode. Listen, we're not going to do some overly schmaltzy retrospective because that'll just make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, we'll just thank ans- you for being a friend. We're just going to answer some questions from our Patreon folks regarding... We can ask each other questions, too. Oh, sure. We can do that as we're going through this. All right. So Scott asked, what are your favorite memories? And you can't say marrying your co-hosts. Uh, Can I say hooking up with my co-host? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Should we tell that story? Have we ever re- fully told Oh, no, told we've told it. Yes, we've told that story, definitely. But I don't know if we have newer listeners who haven't heard that story. Well, okay, well, let's tell the story then. So we'll do a short version. Brian and I became friends through fanfic. Um, and... In January 2012, he decided that he wanted to do a podcast and suckered me into being his co-host. So we did podcasts for several months. um, And later that summer was Celebration. Well, Brian came to visit and stayed with me for Celebration. And then we went to DragonCon, which was the following weekend. And so we had a lot of fun. And um, we started dating during celebration. <laughs> uh, and at the time, Brian moved lived in Seattle. So he moved here the following year. And then we got married. And now here we are. So, yes, we were friends. And then we were not. Um, the podcast that we recorded at Celebration 6 in Orlando. So August 2012. Um we started the podcast recording it in line to see Mark Hamill. And then we ended the podcast after our celebration. We were at home and we just kind of recapped it. So if you want to have some fun, <laughs> the part recorded in line was before we started dating. <laughs> the part recorded at your house was after. So you can so see if you can tell the difference. <laughs> There's some, I don't know if we've announced that, if we'd ever said that little bit of trivia before. I don't know, (laughs) but it was definitely, there was a different sort of tension. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's fun. I remember uh, after we hooked up, I said, I said, well, podcast is going to be different from now on. (laughs) It was. Uh, Uh, Back to Scott's question though. Favorite memories that aren't about marrying each other. For me, it was early on, uh, within about a month, month and a half, we interviewed two of our favorite authors. Oh, it was later than that. It was within several months. Okay. It was like in the summer. It was was early. Yes. In the show. Uh, We interviewed two of our favorite authors, uh, Mike Stackpole Uh, and Aaron Alston. Um, (laughs) And uh, we started getting an audience after those two interviews. Mm -hmm. They were, yeah. Aaron's interview especially means a lot now that... He is no longer with us. I'm really glad we got a chance to interview him. Um, Basically, like all of the interviews we've done, like, and not just with like authors and stuff, like, but with like people, like just other fans, like having Mm -hmm. them guests on the show. Like we've become friends with people and from having them on our show a lot. So, you know, we, we, we need to get back to having. Yeah. Skype makes it difficult. Thanks, Skype. Uh, But yeah. It's um, we've yeah, we've had, you know, people on to talk about 
the movies when they come out and all that and that's yeah we should get back into that but yeah um i'm trying to think else like this isn't really a tashi station thing but i guess it was facilitated by tashi station um interviewing tim zahn at at dragon con or moderating his panel at dragon con this past year well you wouldn't have gotten to do that without tsr yeah i feel bad saying it though because i did it just by me so (laughs) i don't know if it's a tsr thing uh we did a live show at Celebration. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, it's it's kind of hard to catalog it all because we've been at this for yeah going on seven years. Yeah. Um, Bria says favorite guest name Bria. <laughs> I don't know. I might have to go with Bria. <laughs> but then we could say like we already. I guess we already said like favorite guests. But like, what people have we had on that you were besides? Mike and Mike and Aaron. That. Tom 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 Holler. Yeah, is I mean he's far and away my favorite recurring guest we yeah. have on this show. He's just so much fun, nice, delightful, insightful. Tom, we need to have you back on. Yes, you you name the topic, we'll have you on. <laughs> um, it's always a delight talking to Ashley Eckstein. Um, really, all of the authors we've had on have been great. You know who we need to get on soon. We got to get Amy back on. Oh yes, Amy Radcliffe, whose uh, "Woman of the Galaxy" book just came out recently. We need to have her back on. We need, well, we need Amy for both "Woman of the Galaxy" and to talk parks. Oh yes, that's true. Um, I always love having Jason Fry on. We've had him on a few times, and he is he's great. Um, should, yeah, just pretty much everyone we've had on. Like I I can't remember thinking, oh, that was a bad guest, you know. No, I don't. I don't think we've ever had a bad guest. Yeah, one of my favorite one of my favorite interviews that we had was with Alex Bracken, who wrote the Princess of Scandal oh, and the Farm Boy. Because we started talking like about Wedge and like came up with this idea for a fanfic called Rebel Hearts, <laughs> and it was just like, ah, if you live near me, we'd be friends. <laughs> we also need to get uh, E. K. Johnson on. Oh, when really Queen do. Shadow comes on, yes. Up. She's great. Uh, Diana asks, what's your perfect way to celebrate Life Day? Not watching the holiday special and doing a live commentary on it. Never doing that again. Never doing that again. We did do that. You can go find that. It's one of our unnumbered episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jared asks, what would you go back and tell your pre-podcasting self when you first had the idea to start this up? Anything that podcasting has helped you with or brought you that you would have never guessed? A spouse, for starters. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's the obvious answer. I mean, I would hope that you would go back and tell yourself to just shut up and do it because you did not want to. <laughs> no, maybe I should go back and tell myself, don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> but you really didn't want to do this. I really didn't. You didn't. You did not want to do this. <laughs> I mean... Like, maybe, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't want to do it so much. <laughs> I guess because I thought I wouldn't be good at it. I thought it would take up too much time. Well, I mean, it does take up a lot of time. It does. <laughs> Especially with how many shows you're doing now. Just three. But that's why I said, listen, we have to make a deal so we don't do Mouse Droid and TSR in the same weeks anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would, I would say that y- 
uh, like uh, Lay's, betcha can't have just one. <laughs> uh, so just beware, you will start out doing one podcast and then you will do several more of them. Because what's some more podcasts when you already have one? I I mean, something I'd go back and tell myself is... Uh, don't edit as much? Seriously, don't edit as much. Be more extemporaneous? Yeah. I used to spend about two to three hours a show Ugh, editing. I now do about five, five and a half minutes. <laughs> well, you do more if you have audio drift. I, I do. Um, but that's that's only for certain shows that I'm not on. Yeah. Um. But uh, the most important thing that I learned was uh, don't over edit. Don't make it too sterile. Mm -hmm. Go live to drive and just have a conversation because when you're doing that, um, it's more fun for me to do. It's more fun for me to produce. It's more fun for people to listen to. And it doesn't feel like we're just going through the motions. We're actually having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, anything that podcasting has helped you with or brought you that you never would have guessed. I'm a much better public speaker now. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I don't think I could do panels at conventions without I, doing this podcast. I couldn't have done panels at conventions without doing uh, TSR. Yeah. I could never have moderated right. panels without and like, TSR. And, like, the panels at Dragon Con, like, in the Star Wars room, they're, like, they're not really intimidating anymore for me because, like, I we're always in that room and it's not that big. But we've done panels in the bigger ballrooms, and it's like... You and I have done some pretty big panels And it's this like, ah... Uh, and like, you know, if I had to be on a panel like that and not moderate it, I think I'd be fine. Um, I was freaking out before moderating the Tim Zahn panel, mm -hmm. uh, but I survived, and I don't think I could have done that if we hadn't interviewed other yeah. authors... Before. Well, and even beyond panels, I'm just, I'm less shy in public. Yeah. I, I am a lot more confident that I can, I can hold a conversation with anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and not just like celebrities, but with like anyone fans, yeah. you know, and I never expected we would have like listeners, you know, or that we'd have patrons. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then, you and I go to the parks or Disney Springs, and someone will recognize us, and yeah. it is weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, but and like, because at a convention you expect it, but like at just randomly, like we were at the airport, and people were like, "Oh, are you Nancy Bryan?" And we're like, uh, "Yes, uh, yeah." I went to House of Blues, and the bartender recognized me and comped my drink. That's so weird. I still don't believe that actually happened. Uh, that, that happened. Uh, uh, just uh, anything else that it helped us with. Um, I mean, other than just meeting a lot of great people. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be writing like I am. Um, because it kind of like... I don't know if it, if giving me confidence is is a... Is the way I want to put it, but just like... Well, you know, that, that makes sense, though. You're putting yourself out there just... Yeah. Week in, week out. Yeah, and like, this is like, this is the thing I do that's just a pure hobby that I'm not trying to make into something else. Like, 
you know, like there are people who like want to make podcasts their business and that's mm-hmm. cool. But like they, people always say you need to have a hobby that's just for you. Um, and I don't even know if podcasting would qualify because like we are putting this out there for people and like trying to make good content. But in the end, we started this because we wanted to talk about Star Wars with each other. Mm-hmm. And seven years later, we're still doing this because we want to talk about Star Wars with each other. We're still doing it. And we've got a stable of shows to go along with it. Right. I can't believe where we are now. Yeah. And like, you know, it's I, I, I talk about like I have a show that's about a completely different book series that I probably wouldn't be doing if I hadn't started doing TSR with you. <laughs> and you have another show that you started with people because you were annoyed with Phantom's treatment of Idenverse, you know? <laughs> so you started a show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But- I guess it gives us an outlet to just talk about things we wouldn't normally get to talk about, you know, like. But I mean, on a, on a personal note, yeah, we've talked about how we got married because of this show, but starting TSR changed the trajectory of my life. Aww. I am, I'd be in a very different place now if yeah. we hadn't started the show. That's, yeah. That's a big reason we keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, we've almost stopped several times and we all just like, we always, we always come back to it. We take a break and then we're like, you know what? We still want to keep doing it. You know, we just need to cut out all the other stuff and just. That's, that's why we did the big format change Uh earlier this year. Yes. Because TSR, TSR for you and me became less about Star Wars and more about us. Yeah. Entertainment, fandom. What are we enjoying? So that's kind of the trajectory TSR is going to keep on mm-hmm. going forward. Yep. All right. I uh, mean, there are tons of other shows out there that are focused on every single aspect of Star Wars. So, you know, we figured we'll talk about other stuff we like mm-hmm. and Star Wars. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's like, you know, <laughs> come support us on Patreon because our Slack is really great. I love I the love the conversations we have in Slack and like we have channels for like all different subjects like Mass Effect and then we have a random channel where we just talk about whatever um and we get a lot of our topics from the Patreon. And you know, it's not just like, oh, come talk to me and Brian. It's like, no, there's like Tons of people in there that we, I've really enjoyed getting to talk to. We've cultivated a community around TSR and the podcast network and the blog. Mm-hmm. These are these are things we didn't have seven years ago. Yes. And it's kind of wild to see where that's all come. All right. Was that enough getting sentimental for today? I guess. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and wrap up there. Hey, folks. Sincerely, though, thank you for listening to 200 episodes of TSR. Um... Hopefully there's another 200 more in the stable. <laughs> there's a lot more than that right at right now. It's just they're not numbered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Thanks for listening to 200 numbered episodes yes. of TSR. It's a good round number. It is. All right. We're going to wrap up here. Hey, like we've been talking about, uh, this show and the others on our network are brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Get in on that amazing community we've been talking about. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi Station. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. Find our columns and news at TashiStation.net. Thanks for listening to, to 200 episodes. We hope you listen to the next 200. Bye. So long. TSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Station to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team. Hello and welcome to Tashi Station, the bright spot in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Nancy. Hello. On today's episode, we'll be recapping our favorite things Star Wars from 2011 and looking ahead to 2012. So sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Nancy, thank you for joining me. Thank you for starting this lovely podcast venture. And uh, for the listeners, I did rope Nancy into this. And this is actually the first episode you're hearing, but the second episode that the two of us have recorded.